Hello, and welcome to today's episode of The Graveyard Shift. Today, we are joined by a special guest star who is also nationally recognized by the committee of IBS. Welcome, <laughs> Michelle Morosis. Hello. Yay. It's true. I have IBS recognition. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> International broadcasting systems, right? Wait, not the other thing. Not the other oh, thing. Unfortunately. That's less cool. Right. <laughs> But Michelle chose our topic for the week. Michelle, you want to tell us what we're up to? Today we're going to talk about cannibalism. Yay! Yay! <laughs> this is so, something Michelle's really, really passionate about. This is my hobby horse, as they say. Oh. Like I think about this a lot. And before we start, I actually have a little guessing game for you guys. <gasps> I love a game. Um, okay, so um, can you tell me, like, what do you think, how many calories are there in a whole human cadaver? Oh. Like, like an average, like average height man, so like five, eight, five, nine, average. Um, so it's not how many calories he's consumed. It's like how many calories I would consume if, if I you consumed. ate him. If you ate him. Um, okay. <laughs> um, I feel like that's hard. It has to be calorically dense. Like, yeah, right. Well, okay. it's a lot of protein. <laughs> Cause it's a lot of just like meat. give me a number. <laughs> I'm gonna but go. But there's also with... a lot of fat. That's okay. Sorry. Don't they both have calories in them? Well, yeah, but fat has more calorie is more calorie dense than. Okay, meat, I'm gonna go with I don't know. Twenty thousand calories. Twenty thousand. Oh. Okay. The winner um, gets a, a kiss on the lips from me. <gasps> oh, just to let you. Oh, know. god damn it! Um, <laughs> I would have thought what's more. Your guess? Uh, <clears throat> sorry. Oh, this is. There's a lot riding on this. Yeah. Um. I'm going to say 15,000 calories. 15,000. Okay. Um, I can't do math, but I think Natalia was closer. Yes! The, the answer is 81,500 yes! yes! calories. Wait, 81,000? Oh, wait. What's How do you say this? 8,100? <laughs> 81,000. No, 81, so yeah. I was a lot closer. Wait, you said 200,000. I said 20,000. Oh, fuck. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Jordan said 20,000. I said 15. Okay, Get over here. Never mind. Oh, this, right... Okay. They faked it. <laughs> <laughs> They're a bunch of fakers. <laughs> anyway, that was a fun game. <laughs> yeah, that was that was good. I liked that. Thanks for starting us off. Yeah. Well, do you want to start off with your research then? Surely, of course. Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay, so um, today I'm going to tell you guys about uh, a little fellow named Armin Mivas. I think it's how you say his name. He's German, um, and this was <laughs> happening in like. March of 2001, which is incidentally the month I was born. Aww. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Happy birthday to Michelle. Right? Exactly. This is how <laughs> I came into the world. No. Um, so he's known as the Rotenberg cannibal. Um, his victim was Burned Brandis, but it's kind of unclear if we can really call Burned a victim because he, this was all consensual. Like, he wanted Whoa. to get eaten. <laughs> he was like, please eat me. Like, he, wanted- he wasn't manipulating it. He manipulated him into eating him. No, like, they. For okay, I'll tell you the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Whoa. when Armin Mivas was a little boy, he loved the tale of Hansel and Gretel, which famously features an evil witch who fattens up two children so she could eat them. Um, he also thought a lot about eating his classmates when he was a schoolboy. Um, <laughs> as an adult, like by all accounts, he was a perfectly nice guy. He would mow his neighbor's lawn for them. He would fix his friend's cars for them. He hosted dinner parties. Um, he had kind of a rough childhood. His father left when he was like eight, I want to say. And then he was very close with his mother. Um, and he worked as a computer repair technician. And he also had an obsession with serial killers. But obviously that doesn't make you a serial killer or else everyone in this room would be. 
highly suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. True. yeah. So um, Armin was very close with his mother. And then after she died, um, he sort of had like a mental break. And he started going on all these like websites on the dark web, um, particularly this one called the Cannibal Cafe. And he went on this website and he posted a listing for a man. And the, the words he said was he wanted to find a young, well-built man who wanted to be eaten. Um, okay. Specifically like slaughtered and then eaten. Okay, um, so he specified that he would be dying. Yes. Okay. He was like, I'm going to kill you and then harvest your meat. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so okay. terms mm-hmm. were clear. Yes. Okay. Yeah, oh no, he was up front. He was totally honest. And he actually went through two so he, people. Wait, he put it on like TaskRabbit or something? Like, <laughs> what was Craigslist? the song? Craigslist. Uh, okay. No, no. <laughs> like the, the dark web version of Craigslist, but for cannibals. Oh, yes. okay. So he was like, you know, do not contact me with any external <laughs> <laughs> I just want to eat you. <laughs> Got oh, it. Okay. Yes. Okay. So he actually turned down two responders because um, there was just no sexual chemistry with the first. This was definitely a sexual thing okay. for him. Okay. Like he's trying to eat someone and then like, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Y'all know. Yep. Um, and then the second one wanted to be nailed down and beaten to death, which uh, Mivas just thought was too weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they took it too far. That's, that's yeah, where that's, he draws the that's line. That's way too far. <laughs> So eventually he meets Bernd Brandis, who is a 43-year-old engineer who is just not doing well mentally. And um, he came out as gay when he was pretty young and his father just totally, like, rejected him. And I think he felt very rejected, like, his whole life long. And, I mean, just, you know, like, living like that does things to a person. And he felt very worthless. And he sort of felt like the only way he could ever be, like, accepted or appreciated for who he is is if someone literally ate him. <laughs> um, okay. Which is, yeah, I mean, a How lot of How did he there. discover this? Was there, like, people eating pieces of him, or did he just decide when he saw this <laughs> task rabbit post? Was there people just, like, coming up to him and taking, like, a bite out of his finger? <laughs> and he was like, I like that. <laughs> um, um, I think it was just, like, it's like, you know, like, when you're, when you have, like, a fetish and you can't really explain it, and you're just he like, just knew. this is weird. We're browsing but... around on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> trying to see what, what fits for you, I guess. Right. And mm-hmm. yeah. that's what he stumbled on. And he's like, oh. Like okay. for some people, it's feet. And for other people, it's getting being literally eaten. Is there a alive. cannibal thing on the BDSM test online? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. Interesting. Or I, maybe. I don't know. Perhaps. No, I don't think so. Though. There could be. Sorry, I took this really off track. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, okay. So I um, I have a little part. Oh, thank you. I have a little bit of Mivas's, um post that he made. So I'm going to read it to you now. It says, after you're dead, I'll take you out and expertly carve you up, except for a pair of knees and some fleshy trash, skin, cartilage, tendons, <laughs> you know. <laughs> there won't be much of you left. I'll dry out the knees and grind them up soon after. Huh. You won't be the last, hopefully. I've already considered catching a young person from the street. <gasps> oh, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I draw the line. Right. Because yeah. that's not consensual anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't just be snatching people. Yeah. No. They don't want to be part of that. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, so Brandis continues to message Mivis, and um, eventually he just quits his job, sells his sports car, and he goes to meet Mivis. They go back to his place. 
They boink. Um, yep. And then for a minute, Brandis is like, no, I'm actually not going to go through with this. But then he drinks a lot of cough syrup and some schnapps. And then he's like, hell yeah, let's do it. Um, right. Mivas recorded the whole thing. And they had a whole thing about wanting to eat Brandis's pee-pee. Um, so at first, Mivas tried to bite it off, but he was like, it's too tough. Oh, <laughs> I ow. can't bite through it. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Um, I also have another quote from him about like what it tasted like. Oh. Um, so he said, the first bite was, of course, very strange. It was a feeling I can't really describe. I'd spent over 40 years longing for it, dreaming about it. And now I was getting the feeling that I was actually achieving this perfect interconnection through his flesh. The flesh tastes like pork, but stronger. Ew. Yeah. Um, eventually, he used a kitchen knife to just saw it off. Um, was this while the other guy was alive? And he was conscious. Uh, but he's it? very, very drunk. He's sort of like, after okay. they cut so the pee-pee off. <laughs> it wasn't very consensual at a certain point, I guess, because he was Dubiously really drunk. Oh, yeah, because he was... And he did yeah. try to back out of it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, but then he was sort of like, he got drunk enough and he was like, all right, you know, uh, let's do it. Um, okay. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, he used a kitchen knife. Mivas used a kitchen knife to just... Saw it right off. He tried to feed it to Brandis. Brandis could only really get like one bite in because it was too tough. Uh, Mivas eventually fried it with salt, pepper, and wine and garlic. Um, and then he burnt it <laughs> in the pan. Oh my God. Did he set no. off the fire alarm? <laughs> Don't you hate it when you overcook a penis? Yeah. Uh, every other week, man. Charred. <laughs> so he feeds the the pee-pee to his dog <laughs> oh no yeah. the dog didn't ask for that the poor dog it was not consensual on I mean, the dog dogs part. will eat anything but like yeah come on yeah at least should have warned <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> yeah uh, so then he puts Brandis in a bath and then Brandis sort of slowly like starts bleeding out to death um, Ivis goes into the other room and starts reading a Star Trek book um, eventually he's like this guy's not dying fast enough so he just stabs him in the throat and then puts him on a meat hook and continues to um, eat him for like the next year or so <gasps> until he gets caught by the German police in year. December 2002 <clears throat> sorry I'm a little phlegmy wouldn't it go bad by then like <clears throat> the meat I don't know the he had it in a freezer uh, oh yeah. I still didn't damn so he had like a walk-in freezer <laughs> I think he had like a hidden I'm not sure how it was working, but it was like a hidden compartment of a freezer, like oh. under his fridge. So it took a little like searching for the police to find it. But then they were like, oh, this guy's got meat in here. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Have you guys seen Arrested Development? I've seen like the first couple of episodes. Yeah, not much of it. Does There's this like- happen on Arrested <laughs> Development? <laughs> yeah, well, no. But my whole question was, do you think the dog is going to get like a taste <laughs> human meat and want to eat it because there's a whole like plot line in Arrested Development where the guy is feeding seals like meat and then the seal becomes carnivore and then it eats one of the main character's hands off. Oh. Spoiler alert. Oh. It was really funny. Um, <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if this falls under that umbrella. You don't think so? Um, I think it's pretty funny. It's, no, it's pretty, yeah, funny in that context. <laughs> but do you think the dog, like if it was fed meat enough, would start wanting to eat Just like, knowing humans? my dog... Fozzie, who's very stupid. I don't think I don't think he would know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they could like tell a difference between because I don't know, you know, if does your dog eat chicken and they're like, mm, that's chicken as opposed to when they eat pork or something. They're like, Oh, this is different. You should ask them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll ask them later. Okay. 
Thank you. Okay, continue, <laughs> Ask our dog correspondent. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> um, yeah, so he was sentenced to eight years and three months in prison, and in prison he became a vegetarian. Oh. <laughs> which is really funny. That is that is pretty funny, actually. Um, and then in 2006, they were like, why are we only sentencing him to eight years in prison? He killed and ate a dude's penis. Yeah. And then they sentenced him to life, but recently he's been allowed out of the jail to go take walks, like, around the, you know, random nearby streets. Okay, so he's... Wait, so he's sentenced to life? Yeah. Uh, what state is this? Germany. Oh, wait, Germany. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, The state yeah. of Germany. state of Germany. Okay. Wow. So he's still there. Yeah. Huh. And he will be for the rest of his life. Okay. Yeah. That was a lot. Yeah, that was... That took me Where a lot of, Where did you like, find this story? It's, um... Uh, <laughs> They actually talked about it on Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course that's where you found it. But I also, I knew it before Hannibal because it's just such a, like, crazy off-the-wall case that, like, it gets talked a lot about. I've talked about a lot. Do you think if he had initially just asked if someone wanted to be eaten and then someone came and it was consensual the whole time, what do you think morally of that? Um, I mean, cons- like... It's hard to say because I can't imagine someone would start to be chopped up and they're still like, yeah, let's keep going. Yeah. You know? Without, like, the use of a lot of drugs, which I think in any scenario, drugs kind of complicates consensualness. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. What do you think? I don't... Well, I do think if, like, someone consents to it, then at a certain point, it's like, what... What do we do? But the the person like, being eaten can't testify to them consenting either. That's, That's also true. very true. What if someone like wrote up a contract, right? To court, you know, got it all legal. In that case, would you consider it like an assisted suicide? Yeah, I don't know. I guess Maybe. at that point, it's an assisted suicide because like people like donate their body to science. Might as well donate your body to being cannibalism. That one dude, the hungies. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very complex ethical issue that's why i wanted to bring it up because i was like what where are we gonna discuss this if not yeah no i feel like a lot of these cannibalism stories are very because sometimes it's in extreme cases and it's like some would argue necessary right like a plane crash type deal yeah, yeah the efficacy of it is I think shady sometimes yeah i think a lot of the time with like extreme kinks and stuff like this obviously like people may consent to it but it is going to be a really like messed up relationship like very much like manipulation in play and stuff yeah yeah true because i can't see two sane people like agreeing to this yeah right in any situation you kind of have to ask like is eating him what he really needed or did he need lots of therapy? Yeah. <laughs> I think there there were probably other options. I think most of the time the answer isn't to be eaten. <laughs> yeah. But that is a personal preference. Yeah. And I think that's pretty, you know, yeah. safe to say. I've never been like really down the dumps and been like, you know what? <laughs> you I'm going to stop really taking Lexapro. <laughs> Let me just chomp. <laughs> Do you know what would really help? <laughs> if I was eaten in a very gruesome, horrific way. <laughs> Damn. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Moving on. Well, yeah. <laughs> on to the next. <laughs> on to the next. <laughs> Natalia, would you like to share yours? Sure. Um, okay, so I looked into the famous story of the Donner Party. Slay. Yay. 
I know um, nothing about the. I mean, I've heard of it. Yeah, that's but the thing. I, don't know I, I had heard it. of it, and I knew it involved cannibalism to some extent, but I didn't know really much of the specifics. So that's why I looked into it for this episode. Um, so here we go. It was this all took place the winter, well, the year, and all of the events, you know, of the nasty stuff happened in the winter of eighteen forty six into eighteen forty seven. Um, so for some historical context. At the time, the U.S. was a lot smaller than it is today. The Louisiana Purchase was relatively new. It had happened like 40 years or 30 years prior to this. Real quick, sorry to interrupt. What is everyone's opinions on the Louisiana Purchase? Uh, in terms of what? In terms of just like, how do you feel about it? Oh, um, well, it's it cool because we got to go to Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana kind of a sleigh yeah. sometimes. I mean, it was... New Orleans kind of. I'm glad Napoleon didn't have it anymore. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, it was the start. And I'm getting into this a little bit of like manifest destiny and stuff. Oh, so true. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's pros and cons to everything, I guess. But anyway. Yeah, so uh, it was relatively new. A lot of things were not explored. Um, The president was James K. Polk. He was the 11th president. Um, he only served one term during these years, and he was really dead set on taking over the western part of what is now the continental United States, um, so west of Louisiana, west of the Mississippi. Um, so, But there were two issues, roadblocks, in his way. One, the England owned the Pacific Northwest, Washington and Oregon area, and then Mexico owned like the southwest portion of the u.s today like texas to california um so the british kind of gave up and they conceded the land to the u.s in 1846 but the mexican land was they put up more of a fight it was harder to get so um they decided to go on the route of manifest destiny of like guys guess what god told us that we are meant we are chosen to expand into the west of this continent and spread our messages of co- of not communism, capitalism, and Western democracy to the uh, uncivilized and un um, I don't know uh, what's the word the savages developed yeah, yeah. undeveloped areas <laughs> of the West, which is so messed up in itself. But that's for another episode. Literally me when I insert myself into a place where I don't belong. I know. Like, <laughs> no one asked. No one asked for you guys to come here. No one asked for your capitalism and Western democracy. Like go away. Anyway, um, they did. So it was like imperialism, but in the U.S. Um, so they had two options: either send Americans west and just like take the land um, or go to war with Mexico to win the land and they did both so um, with sending Americans west that is when this great migration happened Um, you know they promised these settlers with land um, and that they'll be able to homestead and all this good stuff you know they'll be very successful there's a lot of opportunities out there you're gonna love it Um, and there was this main Fort. It was called Sutter's Fort in California, and it was like the big homestead. This is where everyone was sort of, that was the trajectory if you're headed to California. Um, it's where Sacramento is today, sort of. Um, so 
now we get into the nitty gritty of of this certain party. So it starts with this man named Lansford Hastings. He was kind of a bad guy. (laughs) He was willing to make a buck for whatever. um, And he wrote this guide called The Emigrant's Guide to California and Oregon. It was for people who were moving west um, on the trails um, with their families. And it's encouraging them to move. Uh, He outlines like what supplies to bring, how long it'll take, what roads to take, the different paths. Um, And he also writes in this little guide, he suggests a new shortcut that he came up with. Um, And he promised it would save 350 miles off of the trip, Um, which, you know, I always think if things sound too good to be true, then they usually are. Mm, Don't take shortcuts. Don't take shortcuts when it comes to traveling the country on foot or horse (laughs) or caravan. I'm going to remember that next time I'm traveling the country on foot, horse or caravan. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, definitely definitely do that. Um, (laughs) um, So the thing... A big problem with this was that he had never taken the path himself. He just sort of guessed that it would be good because on paper it was straight like it was a straighter path than the original trails. Um but the real reason he w- put that in was because he was based in California and he wanted more people to lean towards California instead of Oregon um because the path split at one point, you know. If you're going to California, go this way. If you're going to Oregon, go this way. So he wanted to make California more accessible so that he could profit off of it. Um, So yeah, when he put that in the guide, no one had done it and no one knew if it was going to work. Eventually, Hastings hired a mountain man, a guy from the area who knew the mountains um, to test it out with him. They obviously had a lot of trouble. They did in reverse, so from California to moving east um, instead of, you know, towards California. But um, eventually it got so dicey that the mountain man ditched tastings um, because he was like, okay, this is not safe. This is not okay. You know, you do what you want, but I'm telling you right now, this is not a good idea. So he ditched him and he actually ended up running into an old army friend of his or war friend um named james reed and the fun fact about james reed is he ended up being the head of one of the many families that made up the Dahmer party donner party, Dahmer party. <laughs> sorry it's cannibalism like Dahmer, donner when worlds collide yeah so um so when the mountain man ran sorry I keep calling him mountain man but i didn't write down his name Um, When he ran into James Reed, he was like, look, man, you don't want to take this path for X, Y, and Z reasons. Ominous. Yeah. He said, take the regular wagon track and never leave it. Um, But they were dead set on taking Well, yeah. It's not about to be like a basic mountain hoe. Exactly. Like, Mm -hmm. they want to do something different. They want to be, they want to break the glass ceiling. (laughs) Of mountains. Of mountains. Of pie, or I don't know. Um. Pioneering. Caravanning. Caravanning? I don't know. Yeah. Is this um, like, you know, when you play the Oregon Trail and like, it's yeah. like James has dysentery and you're yeah, like, it's oh, a, James. Exactly. Like, and and you're like, on, you know, we're going to go on, bury James, like, bury mm, James. keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Oregon, yeah. The Oregon Trail is, you know, this migration of people to the West. Um, 
So why, you may ask, like, why were they so intent on taking this shortcut, even if the guy who just did it, the only guy who had done it for the first time besides the guy who made it up, was like, don't do it. <laughs> well, it was because they were late. Um, so it was a rule of thumb that if you were leaving from the east, I think it started in Missouri or something. Might have been Mississippi. It started with an M. Um, I think most of them left out of St. Louis, Missouri, but okay. I could be wrong. I think you're, yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, so you were supposed to leave no later than May 1st, but they left on May 12th. Idiots. Yeah. Um, and this is, I mean, it's only, it's less than two weeks, but it makes a huge difference because, um, you know, the cutoff is May 1st because you have to get to and past the mountains before the snow comes, before winter comes. Otherwise you're majorly screwed. Um, which is definitely not foreshadowing or anything. Um, so yeah, you couldn't cross the Sierra Nevadas, um, after around the end of October, early November, um, or you'd be stuck. So the group, including James Reed, who was warned about the trail, um, he had his own group of different, his family and other families, and they met, they went to the spot where Hastings was like, okay, I'll meet you guys here and I'll guide you through the path. Um, but James Hastings and his group had already left by the time Reed's group came because, again, Reed's group was late. Um, but eventually they caught up uh, with the bigger group and the whole party ended up being 87 people in total, which is a lot of people. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, Especially to have to feed. Yeah, exactly. Um, Wonder what this is leading to. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, no, it's like totally not even leading to any one conclusion. Anyway, um, so, uh, oh, yeah. So this man, George Donner, was selected as the group leader, hence the name, the Donner Party. He was well-liked. You know, people trusted him, so that's why he was chosen. Um so, yeah, they catch up, uh, but Hastings, once they catch up to Hastings and the rest of the group, Hastings is like, okay, yeah, we just went through this pass. You guys are going to want to go this other way because this is going to be too hard for you. So <clears throat> they took, he led them in a different direction that added a whole bunch of miles, um, wasted a bunch of miles, but they ended up all coming together in the end. Um yeah, that shortcut ate an extra month of time. So now they were super late and super off track. So what month is it now? Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to it's say. Fine. <laughs> yeah, because there's a there's a time check later on in this, but I would say sometime around summer. Yeah. Um, like maybe August or something. It was getting late. Um. So eventually, you know the the. The groups, the caravans would stop sometimes and rest for a week because everyone was exhausted and they were walking and moving all day, every day for weeks on end. So at one of the resting spots, remember James Reed, our guy? Of course. Well, he uh, like killed a guy. <laughs> Typical James Reed. Yeah. So uh, it was one of Hastings like Teamster guys that was helping him out with the 
with the walk or the, with the trail. I don't know. Um, so what happened was that guy accidentally tangled his wagon with one of Reed's and it was like a road rage situation and Reed stabbed him in the chest um, and Ooh, killed him. That's in so a nuts. Road that. rage situation. <laughs> yeah, it was like road rage, but with horse and carriage. I'm picturing someone's like New York, New Jersey dad, like, hey, like, get out of my caravan, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> didn't even exchange insurance information or nothing. No, <laughs> they were honking. I guess they didn't have a horn. They, they were to like, they like slapped their goat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, she says, yes, yeah, slapped goat right here. <laughs> But yeah, so he just killed this guy and the whole party was like, okay, we can't just ignore the fact that this guy murdered someone. There's this kind of a lawless place, but we have to remain civilized. So their idea was to cast him away without his family, with no supplies, no wagon. They just sent him off in a horse. Bye bye. There you go. And, you know, they wiped their hands clean of him. Mm. Where, like, did he just go? Like, they're on the same trail heading in the same direction. They not just awkwardly walk next to each other for a while. (laughs) They told him to, I mean, they just, like, I don't know the specifics of how they cast him away, but they sent him off into the forest. So his family was with the rest of the party. Yeah. And they, like, chose not to go with him. Damn. They couldn't. They didn't let them go with him. I don't know if they what they wanted to do but they weren't allowed to stay with him because it's a punishment you know? yeah um shouldn't have killed that guy it's exile on the Oregon trail um so you know we're getting we're getting we're months into this expedition everyone's low on supplies so they send two guys ahead um to California to get supplies and um to come back with them only one guy comes back, but he comes back with supplies and two indigenous men named Luis and Salvador. Um, so they're doing okay after that because they have some stuff. Um, but then on Halloween of that year, um, it had they were camped out and it had snowed overnight. Um, and of course, this was the worst case scenario because it was now it was too late and. Um, now they're going to have to stay there the whole winter. So they're camped up. Um, some people try and make their way out, but it fails every time and they just come back. Um, this one father and his daughters make snowshoes um, for 15 people. And they make this plan. Okay, we're going to go over the pass and we're going to do the thing. Uh, they only bring six days of permis- provisions because they thought, you know, we're good. We're going to get this done. They were like, snowshoes. Yes. Snowshoes. <laughs> I'm going to zip back Guys, to California. we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, that didn't, it didn't work out like that. They were making a lot slower progress than they thought. Um, one of the guys that went, it was the guy who went and got supplies and came back, um, who had done the pass before, he started going snow blind. Um, What's snow blind? Snow blind is, so white you know how because white absorbs is like a culmination of all the colors in the rainbow right sure sort of or something i'm really simplifying it but um it absorbs light a lot um so when you're surrounded by snow and all you're looking at is white snow all day then you're getting a lot of uv i didn't even damage to your eyes makes sense yeah which is why you know you 
you should wear UV protected goggles or glasses when you ski or do stuff outdoors in the winter. So what um, happens? Do you just like see white, like nothing but white? Well, you go blind. Oh, you just go completely blind. And yeah, you can't you get it back. You just no, go fully no, it's blind. permanent. It's like looking into the sun. Wow. Whoa. It's just not as immediate. Um, so he goes snow blind and he's the only one who like knows where they are. And he's like, guys, you have to go on without me. I'm just going to sit here. You know, good luck. Um, he ends up dying of hypothermia there. He never gets up. He never catches up with them. Sucks. Um, other people, they go on. Other people start suffering from hypothermia. Um, on the sixth day, they make some, they were supposed to go on this specific ridge, but they didn't think it was it. So they missed it. And now they're completely lost. Um, and their guide is gone. So one guy <laughs> comes up with a great idea. He's like, guys, I'm so hungry. How about we rip up a piece of paper and whoever draws, you know, the longest piece of paper, we eat you. Mm, I'm so hungry. Here, have this piece of paper. Yeah. And mind you, um, it's only been two or three days without food. <laughs> oh, so we had so, a fatty on board. Yeah, he was, I mean. Hangry. Yeah, he was hangry. I mean, a lot of this crazy thinking it can be attributed to the hypothermia because it really throws off your judgment and um thinking if i was snow blind like out in the middle of nowhere with i mean i guess that guy already died but like i mean i'd be going crazy i would be like which one of you is gonna yep. get eaten first yeah yeah but obviously it would end up being the snow blind person That's... so you shouldn't be the one to recommend that if you're ever well, he's yeah, long gone. Snow blind. <laughs> they left him in the dust yeah but um Weirdly enough, the group says yes to this. (laughs) So they draw the paper and guess who drew the long one? The guy who proposed it. That's so funny. Which is... It it's very ironic. Like Taylor he was Swift like, said, "Come on, guys." My boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then one Taylor Swift totally guessed this. Once Taylor it comes Swift to, predicted the Donner Party. Once it comes down to it, though, they chicken out and they can't kill him. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, it was his idea. I know. <laughs> he probably he pulled out for sure. He was like, "Guys, I was kidding. Yeah. Come on, I was just Josh. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Like, don't eat me." But um, who who was who's did like someone live at I guess you'll get there but I'm yeah, wondering I'm where the source okay continue yeah yeah so I mean the sources are like almost all of them were keeping journals oh, like almost okay. everyone in the party um we're keeping journals every day that's just so that's where they got then. the paper too yeah um they all had there's nothing else to do yeah um so eventually a couple days later people start dying of hypothermia um so in 11 days, 11 days in, five people are dead. Uh, and that's when the cannibalism starts. <laughs> so they're like, okay, well, these people are dead anyway. Let's eat them. Um, and mind you, there are like some families on this expedition. So like, you know, one of the, there were two girls and their dad died and blah, blah, blah. Uh, they so did they make them dad? eat their dad? Well, I'll get to that. <laughs> um, so there are farmers in the group. So they start breaking down the bodies, you know, yeah. into parts that are edible um but not, this is kind of nice the parts are labeled so that family don't have to eat oh, each other okay um Aww. so at least at least there's <laughs> well, some like are you sure this isn't pop pop and they're like yeah, yeah don't worry about it girl <laughs> Look, he's not in the pop pop pile yeah but at the same time you are watching 
the person across from you eating your pop up. So hey, that guy's eating pop up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pop up down. <laughs> but one of the the father who died, he was he said to his daughters like, "Girls, please eat me when I die so that you may live on." But they didn't. Um, what a that's bunch of my father's last words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet, Dad. If you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> No, so eventually the two native guides were with them um, during this. They had, they were still living, but they got so freaked out by the cannibalism stuff. They were like, we're not doing that. So they ditched. Um, but eventually they ended up running into each other again. And the snowshoeing party, they were, the other people were, the natives were weak and like almost dying. And so the snowshoeing party shot them and ate them. Okay, so this is like a different step because eating people yeah. who are already dead, that's one thing. Eat, like specifically killing, killing people to eat them. Yeah. yeah. How did you go through the, how many people died that they were eating between pop Five. Five? How do you get through five people that fast? Like <laughs> They're hungry. <laughs> there's like still like 80 of them, right? Oh, there's 10 of them on, oh. this, on this snowshoeing expedition. Oh, okay. There were only 15 to okay. start. The rest of them are back at the camp um so yeah um eventually that the snowshoeing party their survivors at least seven of them arrive in california um so they made it but they're like yeah but then they they send word like okay guys there's a bunch of people back at this camp our families and stuff you need to send help so relief teams are sent um, the first relief party comes and 20 people are taken with them um, and saved. Um, How and did then, they decide which 20? <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> there are, I mean, there are a lot of women and children. Drawing paper. Yeah. Oh, drawing paper. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, but yeah. And then a second crew comes like a month later and more people are taken out. Um, but... Uh, eventually, this is kind of weird, but I couldn't really follow what exactly happened. But people, a group of people, I think the people left at the camp. They started building fires, but the thing with the fire and them all crowded around the fire was that it melted the snow underneath. And so eventually, they were like in a pit. <laughs> they were just like stuck in a in a pit of snow <laughs> with a fire at the bottom. Um. And when around the time the third relief party comes, uh, they show up and there's just like blood and bones all around the pit. And, um, you know, same thing happened. People were eaten, but this time uh, they didn't separate the meat by family. <laughs> so, yeah, animals. Yeah. So you were eating. I mean, your family. what happens in the pit stays in the pit. That's Sorry, what they say. Yeah. That's literally what they no, say. No, but apparently, one of, <laughs> Sorry, the, one of the girls, she didn't know until later that she had eaten her mother. <gasps> like, they didn't tell her. Wait, so, like, at some point, someone had to be like, so you know that arm you were chomping on the other day? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, exactly. That was your mom. Yeah. I mean, if you know your mom's dead and you know you're eating a, a corpse, then I feel like I would put two and two together. Right. Like, yeah, but you don't want to think about mom. that. You're just hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Not as slay as the snowshoe group. <laughs> um, yeah, the snowshoe group, honestly, 7 out of like 10, 15. Yeah, out of 15. For this group, that's not bad. <laughs> but um, so back at the main camp, um, cannibalism was like really going off. There was this one. There was this one. Cannibalism was having a moment. <laughs> <laughs> there was this one really unhinged guy. His name was Louis Kessenberg. 
Um, and he was super into the cannibalism thing. He was cr- gone crazy. Um, and he was the only guy that was left alive at the camp on the last rescue trip. Um, and they found him. And I'm sorry, this is going to be gross. So if you don't want to listen, turn the volume down or something. Hit me with it. But they found him lying on a pile of dead bodies. Um, and there were brains and livers in a frying pan right next to him. Um, and he was just like laying on all that. Sounds like a Friday night at Jordan's yeah. house. Am I right? <laughs> but he was he was eating everyone. He was eating women and the children, and he was murdering people too for it. Um, wow! So not just eating the already dead hypothermic people. Um, so he was the final person and the last survivor to leave that camp. That was um, nuts. And after the fact, he was very open about his experience. And, um, you know, everyone who was rescued from the camp made it to California. Um, and here's the kicker. When he moved to California, he opened a restaurant. What <gasps> uh, kind of restaurant? Like, like Sweeney Todd style. Yeah. I guess. I don't know what kind of restaurant, but Sweeney I would Pies. not be. Eat- I, you can't find me eating No, there. continue. So in summation, 47 out of the 87 original party died. Um, and at least 15 were butchered and eaten that we know of. Um. Oh, and remember the guy that was kicked out of the group for murdering that other guy? Yeah, James Reed. James Reed. Yes, he like lived, and he reunited with his family, and his whole family survived. What? Yeah. Wow. So he was just kicking it, like yeah, in the woods. In I the guess. woods, <laughs> James reading it up. Yeah, and they ended up him and his family. You know. They're in California, and they became pretty successful. So. Wow. So murder actually didn't set him back that much. Yeah. <laughs> he must have so. looked at his family and been like, what the fuck happened to you guys? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. He didn't have to go through any of that. That's so funny. So that is the story of the Donner Party and their means of survival. I loved that. Well, I mean, I obviously didn't love what happened, but I loved your telling of it, Natalia. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was very interesting to research because there was a lot of historical context absolutely yeah i'll never play the oregon trail the same way again no you have no. to think think yeah. about it <laughs> and never grandma. trust can't just <laughs> casually take my caravan out <laughs> never trust a hoe who is like guys shortcut but has never taken the shortcut for real so for real that's what i'm saying like yeah so yeah. like when hadley tried to take us to that beignet place and <laughs> And we ended up walking like all over New Orleans. Onto a cruise, literally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if we were all traveling and like we were in that situation, would you guys eat me? Would you want to see you? Would it be consensual? I think if you have any survival skills, you would eat me, you know? I think if I die, if, if you died, I wouldn't kill you to Jordan, eat. Jordan, I would literally be sobbing and then I would like pick up your hand and start like yeah, <laughs> sobbing while <laughs> eating. Does anyone have salt? Michelle's arm. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, I feel like just in the interest of surviving, like, my whole thing is, like, if I'm dead, you can do whatever with my body. I don't yeah. care. I'm dead. Like, I'm an organ donor. I, like, Same. you can cremate me. I don't really give a care. I prefer no sex with my dead body. Well, oh, that, well see, yeah, I thought that was that. an unspoken. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was caveat. off the I, table. I know. I just <laughs> wanted to make sure you guys knew. <laughs> yeah, well, when worry. I say anything, I mean, like, you can put me in a hole. You can put me in the ground. You can put me in the trash. I don't really care. I'm dead. But, yeah. like, you know, don't Honestly, if it, means, if it means the survival of my friends, then yes, please eat me. Right. Yeah. Because I would eat you so fucking fast, honestly. What do you think you I would taste like? Actually, everyone, we need to go around. Jordan, <laughs> I feel like you would taste like... Ooh. I'm getting like an umami flavor. 
yeah. Natalia, uh, I think you would taste like marshmallows. <gasps> I do eat a lot of sweet treats. I, I think your I sweater just had like a marshmallowy vibe, and I was like, yeah. yeah. I feel like Natalia would have like some, like she would pair well with red wine. Ooh, oh, I could see that. Thank you. Yeah. I think, I think Michelle's Honestly, giving me like chili's queso. <laughs> No, I was getting like <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting like some sort of roast chicken or something. I yeah, would be definitely lo- I would savory. Love yeah, love to be made into like a mac and cheese. You would be savory. I can yeah. do. I love to you in a mac and cheese. <laughs> I would die the way I lived <laughs> with a margarita. Ooh, yes, the breadcrumbs on top. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, we we are getting short on time, so... Oh, could you guys make me into, like, that salmon rice plate I like so much? <gasps> yes. Put, like, mayo and sriracha on me. That makes sense with the umami of what you would taste like. Thank you. It does. That'd be perfect. Yeah, you could be, like, a little poke bowl, but cooked. Period. <laughs> I'm glad we decided. Sweet. Well, Natalia's right. We're running out of time, and I still have to tell my thing, so... Yes, please go ahead. I'm sorry s- I took so long. No, it's okay. I loved it. I feel like a lot of people already know about my topic, so I'll be speed-rounding the Army Hammer story. Woo. And for those of you who don't know who Army Hammer is, he was in the social network. He played the twins. He was both oh, of yeah. them. Yeah, both Like the Lindsay twins. Lohan. Why don't you just cast an actual set of twins? I'm sorry. It, it makes no sense. <laughs> Why cast twins and you have a cannibal? And when then you they, have, yeah. He was also in uh, Call Me By Your Name, in uh, Death on the Nile. I'm trying to remember what else, but that's like basically... He was supposed to be in like more, but then I got canceled. So recently, actually, I think this came out in like 2021, an account called House of Effie randomly posted a like string of things sent to them by a bunch of anonymous people who were DMing with Army Hammer. And it was a bunch of really really gross stuff he was saying he wanted to break women's ribs off and eat them he was asking women to like scent like if he could have their toes like it was really freaking weird everyone can was I, like can i have wait sorry this is gonna sound so awkward can i have your toes like real quick can i just have them <laughs> please um pretty please so one of them said you just live to obey and be my slave if I wanted to cut off one of your toes and keep it with me in my pocket so I always had a piece of you in my possession that's kind of sweet (laughs) it's like give me your toes yeah I can always have a part of you with me and then he had multiple girlfriends like everyone was like there's no way this is real like this is made up because it (laughs) sounds made up like a random anonymous like account posts then a bunch of women who were confirmed to be dating him in 2021 after him and his wife divorced and some like when they were secretly dating when his wife him and his wife were together they came out and was like no this is real so um multiple of them came out in a documentary that came out called house of hammer um <laughs> which sounds so messed up um one of them was named courtney vukakovich i don't really know her name um but she had to enter a 30-day ptsd program for like a relationship that was like a few months oh my god um he said he wanted to break my ribs and barbecue and eat it. He says, I want to take a bite out of you. If I had a little, and she, she said, if I had a little cut on my hand, he would suck it out <gasps> or lick it. Oh. Ooh. Um, and then she. And that's like a great way to get an infection, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And another quote she said was something along the lines of how like she ended up doing sexual acts that she wished she didn't, but she didn't specify what it was. Mm. But it was very clear that, like, he was into cannibalism. 
again with the like dubious consent guys if you're gonna do cannibalism yeah <laughs> consent is key yes exactly if you get anything out of the show yeah. <laughs> another one named Paige Lorenz also dated him for a few months in 2020 and she also had to go to therapy for it um so he he also told her he wants to eat her ribs he tried to convince her to get some of her ribs removed so he could eat them wait is it wait who was the guy who did that was it the who got his rib removed so he could you know <laughs> i think a few people have done that you know unfortunately unfortunately um, yeah she also told a magazine that he carved the letter A onto the skin above her pubic bone with Dude, a knife. That's gotta hurt. Yeah, Jesus. literally branded her. Owie. And she said she, um, I think it was her, after she like came out about all this, they were all like, she consented to everything they did. She was like, yeah, but I was put in a certain position. Right, yeah, yeah exactly. No, I feel like people often don't take into account like it's coercion. You feel pressured. Yeah, especially when someone's like famous and rich and like, Exactly, can ruin your life. And no one's going to believe you if you say, like, he does all this crazy stuff. Yeah. Like, I hate to quote Always Sunny in a talk <laughs> like this, but it's really true. Like, the implication is always there. It, yeah. Like, even if you consent to something, it's it could also be very well implied that you won't be safe if you don't consent. So True, yeah. Men are scary. Um, so there's a lot of things. Uh, there's another girl named Jessica Constine Enriquez who was spot on a date in September with him right after he split from the wife and they, it ended really fast after that. And she tweeted, she didn't say anything happened to her, but she said, if you are questioning whether or not those army hammer DMs are real, and they are, maybe you should start questioning why we live in a culture willing to give abusers the benefit of the doubt instead of the victims. Um, Facts. Yeah, and there was a lot of other weird things. Like, people started digging up interviews that he had done before, um, talking about things. And, like, this should have been suspicious. So, he talked about on one talk show having dangerous interests, including being, like, a not enthusiast and stuff. And he posts, or he was caught liking a lot of posts related to, like, rope bondage, which is, like, a more normal kink. And apparently, when people were, like, moving him out of his home, they found a mannequin that was just covered in, like, ropes and mats <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> which is well, you gotta it's practice harmless. on something, yeah. Yeah, and there was two separate interviews where he mentioned this specific fact. This is a quote from him. My wife says I have a frontal lobe issue. Your <laughs> frontal lobe controls your danger response. Like, whoa, I shouldn't be doing this. But she says it's okay because your frontal lobe doesn't fully develop until around 30. So I have until then to get all this shit out of my system and then I need to calm down. And he what? would always talk what? about how he's... He got really drunk and went on a Playboy magazine and was talking about his sex life. I was talking about how he's into really dangerous sexual acts, but he doesn't do them with his wife out of respect for her because she's, like, not into it. She just doesn't whatever. want to do that. She doesn't want to get eaten, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and was talking about how, like, when you're in a relationship, you have to drop all your kinks for them, which I don't think is true. I feel like kinks come out once you're in a relationship with someone. Yeah. So, but you do have to drop it if it's a cannibalism kink. Right. Yeah. It if it's something that extreme and they're like, I am not doing that in a million years, drop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, And then he had like a mental breakdown after him and his wife divorced and he has a fake Instagram called El Destructo 86. <laughs> How do we know this? Because <laughs> this account posted a picture of a woman in lingerie on a hotel bed and said, well, my ex-wife for is refusing to come back to America with my children, so I have to go back to Cayman, which sucks, except there are a few silver linings, like fucking Miss Cayman again while I'm down there. And it was a picture of this model. And then the 
Miss Cayman, like the universe, Miss Cayman Island Universe Committee responded. It was like, Mr. Hammer, we do not appreciate <gasps> this and saying oh this is gosh. not actually Miss Cayman and saying all this stuff and like exposed that as Army Hammer and Army Hammer had to come out and issue an apology for saying that. Good. Oh. I think they should sue him for libel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so yeah, and then he mentioned in a different magazine that one of his ex-girlfriends tried to stab him. Um, but he said he stayed together with her for seven months after that. So I wonder if that was like right part of his kink, like yeah. something like that. Yeah, like was he in- <laughs> like when she tried to stab him? Yeah, did he also want to be cannibalized? Um, was it like a little I cannibalize it was more a little of you, you cannibalize a little tit for tat. of you? Yeah. He always said he was like super dominant in like all of his interviews. I think he wanted to eat. Okay. okay. He wanted to eat. <laughs> he wanted to eat, not to be eaten. Okay. Mm. And then he later went to rehab for drug, alcohol, and sex issues. Mm. And he will not be facing any charges, even though one of the women did accuse him of 